0: This episode of Homeschooling in Real Life is brought to you by Caroline's Coffee Roasters. They use the finest and freshest beans to bring you the best cup of coffee. This is Fletch, and on this edition of Homeschooling in Real Life, we are continuing a discussion from two episodes ago, Why the Rise in African American Homeschooling, And joining us in the studio on this episode is Belinda Bullard. We're not tied up with labels, but Belinda, in fact, is an African-American homeschooling mom. She also happens to be a Christian. So we sat down with her and began with one of the discussions that came out of the last episode. What do you do as an African-American homeschooling parent when you go to grab just typical curriculum or typical history, and there is no history for black Americans prior to slavery? How, how do you ad- approach that with your kids? And right off the bat, she agreed with us that that is a problem. But she took it a step further and said, not only is it important to teach your kids a full history, to give them their full heritage, but you need to remember to include how God fits into that.
1: Uh, And you cannot tell it well without including the plan of the God of the Bible, uh, whether you're talking about the liberation of our people or in some cases the misinterpretation and the misuse of the Bible in order to continue the the practice of slavery.
0: Now, in order to do this, uh, Belinda and her husband began homeschooling their kids, and they quickly realized that in order to give them a complete heritage, they were going to need to beg, borrow, and steal from history books, from the internet. They were going to have to literally shop around and find the history pieces that they needed to educate their children. And it was in the midst of that that she realized she's not the only parent having to do this.
1: It occurred to me that every single African-American mother or father who wants to teach their children history in this way is having to do the same legwork. And there's a point when you say, well, why not me? And I realized that this was an assignment.
0: That assignment was a big assignment. It was an assignment to create and develop a curriculum for African-American homeschoolers that gave them their full heritage. You're going to want to hear the story. So, keep listening. This is Homeschooling in Real Life, Episode 54, Why the Rise in African-American Homeschooling, Part 2. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. This
2: is Fletch. And I'm Kendra. As veteran homeschooling parents, we discuss topics that tend to divide and distract Christian homeschoolers from each other and the gospel.
0: On the Homeschooling IRL podcast, we promise to be honest, transparent, and witty as we uncover what it means to homeschool in real life. Hey, this is Fletch. And this is Kendra. And we want to welcome you to episode 54 of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast podcast where we are talking about the rise in African-American homeschooling part two. Now, you know, we know we tell you every week that this is a crazy real life podcast. (laughs) But Kendra, my goodness sakes alive, can we just have a break in the real crazy life that we live?
2: You know, Fletch, when we uh, were in the hospital with our daughter after I had run over her, and if you haven't heard that story, you can go back a few episodes to our story, but... Uh, The doctor who had helped us with our son came in and put his arm around me and said, Oh, Mommy, when you have this many children, (laughs) there will just be that many more incidents. (laughs) So I think that's what we've lived this weekend, yes?
0: Yes, and uh, the story that Kendra's talking about is called Losing Our Religion. Go back and listen to that. I can't emphasize it enough because this weekend almost took the cake. After three horrific stories, we added a fourth story, and... (laughs) You know, um, we've told you that we're selling our house. We've told you that things are crazy. We're in a makeshift studio, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, periscoping later to talk about our studio and what we're going to do for you. But in the meantime, you know, we have two laptops open. It's late on a Sunday night. Our podcast is due tomorrow morning. It's like pushing 100 degrees, which in California (laughs) is a dry heat, but out where we live, out in the middle of uh, agriculture, it's a wet heat. It's a, a muggy... Yeah flooding the almond orchards kind of heat
2: 104 tomorrow so the fans are blowing in the studio Yeah. so the new
0: the the noise you're going to hear is our whole house fan is on we're just trying to cool down Mm -hmm. the house we just got back from a day at the beach we're saying goodbye to our daughter tomorrow who flies out to the european continent for a exchange program in paris but that's not like the biggest thing (laughs) (laughs) it's already crazy i mean we we drove to santa cruz it was a couple hours away to go uh drop a dog off and um, you know
2: <laughs> how we got into that's in a whole other story in just the
0: middle of a, a day but um, it started on Friday where with just chaotic lifestyle and, and helping our oldest son move out of our house yep he got his own apartment and so you know he had like 10 boxes total yeah <laughs> and when you're from a family of 10 it it allows moving in to be very easy and fast. But we got ten him
2: boxes, f- ten people took us ten minutes.
1: Yeah,
0: we got <laughs> him into his apartment, and then we both went separate directions. And uh, I get a phone call a couple hours later, and you know my son, who's twenty two, is frantic. And I said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa what's going on?" He said, "Dad, my car's on fire." And uh, this is a kid who just not even kid, he's a young man. He just signed partnership papers for a new business he's involved in. He's a videographer, and he's excellent at it. But he, uh, he was coming back to our house to pick up some boxes or do something, and his car caught on fire. And by the time he could get his bags out, uh, it was engulfed in flames, mm-hmm. and they dragged a charred piece of metal back to our house uh, that was his car. So now he's hes not homeless, but he's carless. He's, he's the opposite direction. And um, Yeah, and just-
2: really shaken. And, and so, if, you know, if you think about our son, and actually, if you're friends with me on Facebook, either of us on Facebook, you can... You can hop over and see the pictures of this car. There is nothing left of this car. And our son escaped with his life. Um, A neighbor, actually, I witnessed it and and wrote me several hours later and said, we saw what happened. And I was yelling and screaming, get out, get out. It was traumatic.
0: Yeah. So it's been... A real weekend again And I know we're kind of (laughs) Chuckling about it But it's been a horrific weekend Uh,
2: Pray for him Yeah Really Seriously we're asking That you would pray For our oldest son Because he's still um, Shaken up He's had a hard couple Of years already And uh, yeah Pray for that boy
0: Yeah and uh, you could be praying for us too, because like I said late Sunday night we're getting this podcast out it's due in like eight hours, and I'm just sitting down to kind of put it together because that's how crazy life has been <laughs> um, so with that being said um, we we have a couple things to mention we'll talk about periscope at the end of the show, but we uh, have a you know a real special episode for you, and we want to get this one out because it comes on the heels of an episode two weeks ago, which was the part one of Why the Rise in African-American Homeschooling, where, if you remember, we spoke with Dr. Ama Mazama from Temple University, Mm -hmm. and she put forth uh, uh, some ideas as to why she sees the rise, and we talked that through. We had a lot of interesting feedback, um, and one that we want to share with you right now on the air.
2: So this comment came in from somebody who signed her comment, Damami, and she says, Thank you for such a great podcast. As a new homeschool mom, it was, a, it was great that you addressed such a topic. I concur with Professor Mazama. As a black adult, I can tell you firsthand I grew up quite confused about who I was. Also, in school, it is true that the only time African American history was brought up was during slavery, Malcolm X, or Martin Luther King Jr. Ironically, most of the information was based on the slavery. Imagine having white kids turn to you in class saying, Wow, my family used to own you and your family. "'Yes, very awkward, and should not have happened, but it does. "'Our society will always have racism "'because the system is set up to continue the cycle. "'I noticed how my children were being treated at school, "'especially after I brought concerns about the curriculum "'and the manner in which it was being delivered. "'It was clear the office workers were hesitant to assist me "'even before this situation,' They forgot to have my kids' school pictures taken. They forgot to invite us to the award ceremonies for my children. They forgot to send home information regarding special days and events like an ice cream social. Racism? I can't say. But being only two of like five black kids in the school of almost a thousand kids? Hmm.
0: Alright, first off, uh the mommy. Thank you for writing, and thank you for sharing that story with us, both yours and the experience you had as a homeschooler. Uh, secondly, man, we are just so sorry that uh, this still happens. Yeah. I cannot believe we're in 2015, and we're reading that on yeah. our podcast. Like, that's happening. Um, so thank you, and thanks for listening to the podcast with Dr. Mazama and giving it a good listen.
2: You know, we've had several of you write to us and tell us how eye-opening this was, and that's exactly how we felt.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly why we put her on, um, because, you know, again, not a Christian homeschooler, but that's okay, people. (laughs) We can talk to a lot of people. Absolutely. And, you know, Damami here writes and says, thanks for taking this topic on. No problem. You know, we'll take on the tough ones. Um, But to to bring some balance into this now, we do have someone who Kendra knows um, personally and has met who has developed a curriculum uh, for African-American homeschoolers. Kenj?
2: Yeah, this is Belinda Bullard. She's a blogger and a homeschooling mom herself. And she felt such a pressing need to develop that curriculum for her African-American children that went beyond all of those names we talked about last time, you know, beyond the Harriet Tubman information and beyond the Malcolm X. And she wanted to give her kids a really solid idea of where they came from and of their story. So we wanted to get this out part of the interview out to you many of you wrote and asked if there was some follow-up if there was some curriculum that could be pointed toward if there was some other information that we could give you and this is what we felt we could
0: yeah and so we sat down with her a few weeks ago and we have the interview for you it's just the two of us uh, talking with her Um, you know what on the heels of a crazy weekend in a boiling hot studio um, and with a crazy amount of sounds, I'm surprised we haven't had one Fletcher kid come running in the room because it's just been that kind of weekend, um, on the heels of all that, we're going to let you just uh, listen to the interview. We're going to be back at the end, uh, to talk about a few new things going on here and just want to thank you again for tuning in. We are really pleased to have this opportunity to sit down with Belinda Bullard and Belinda, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and about your family?
1: Thank you so much. I am Belinda Bullard. I am a homeschooling mom, and I am also uh, the owner of A Blessed Heritage Educational Resources. My husband and I have been married for about 23 years, and I think on most days he'd keep me. And uh, we have three children. Uh, One will be 20 as of Monday, in fact. Uh, We have a 16-year-old, and we have an 11-year-old. We've homeschooled now. For about eleven or twelve years, and uh, it's been a great ride for Uh, us—bumps, warts, scratches, and all—we've we've we've come out well. And so, I'm excited to be here today, excited to share, and excited to be able to talk with Fletch and Kendra. Well, you know what—that
0: sounds exactly like us. We're 24 years this year, Kendra. Married? Married? Yeah. Yeah, 24 years. So, you guys got married right about the same time we did. Well, we last Sunday night, I spent uh, about an hour on the phone with a professor from Temple University uh, by the name of uh, Ama Mazama. And she's the chair of black studies at Temple University. And she works with the grad students and the Ph.D. students. And it was her article that caught my attention. And funny enough, it was written like why the rise in African-American homeschooling. So <laughs> I wanted to continue to to uh, read it. And as I got done reading it, I said to Kendra, I said, I wonder if she would be interested in being on the podcast. And so like I often do, I just sent an email and she responded and said, yeah, I'd be more than happy to. And then as we kind of got into the discussion, I just loved it. I loved what she had to say. I loved kind of what her research had shown her. And She was very quick to admit it was a very small sampling, uh, but it was a very personal sampling. I mean, she individually, Mm -hmm. she and her husband, uh, reached out to just under 100 homeschoolers, and the the number has grown since then because it's built some speed from what she said, and there are other people that are contacting her. Um, Mm -hmm. So what I would like to do is maybe uh, go over a few things she said and get your response uh, as a Christian mm-hmm. homeschooling mom, that was the only difference is she's not a Christian homeschooling mom. Um, she had seven points. And if there's any of these that you really want to talk about, um, I'd be happy to you know, form a question that way. Um, okay. but she, the, the biggest one obviously is the issues with racism. And I asked her to clarify. And, and of course what the path she went down was that mostly from a curriculum and a teaching standpoint, um, it can be the most inclusive school as far as promoting like hey we are we are inclusive we we confront racism head on um, however, all the curriculum they use there is going to have no uh really true black or african American history, and that's not intentional it's just that's just the way it is, and we're not right. trying to be offensive but She said, "You know, a lot of um, African American families can interpret that as racism, and and we should remove ourselves from that situation and teach a true cultural history." And I, so that was the first. Um, Actually,
2: let me stop you right there because Belinda, this is where she said, "For uh, in our American public school system, Black history begins at slavery in America," Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. that's what Uh, like. yeah and immediately I thought of you and your website even says when you're when you have your page on your curriculum that you've written that you want to hit, hit uh, um African American history beyond Martin Luther King jr. and Harriet Tubman and you know some of those names wow. we're all familiar with, and so this is where I think we, this is a lovely um natural sort of segue into you talking about your curriculum too so very much feel free feel free to do that we want this to be you know we we wanted to take some of what she said and some of what you said and then be able to to point people towards something that they can really grasp because otherwise it's sort of just sort of out there like oh yeah we should be doing that now what but you actually have written this and so yeah yeah yeah
1: OK, I, I when Fletch was talking, I immediately thought that would be where I would come in. But I did want to hear, of course, everything that everything else that you had to say. But okay. I, I immediately knew that that would be a point that I would want to hit. OK, uh-huh, That would resonate.
0: OK, so we'll hit mm-hmm. that. She also talked about a school to prison pipeline, that that's a, a kind of a regular indoctrination. That um, for a lot of African Americans, especially males, they're going to go straight Mm -hmm. from an environment where, as soon as they get in trouble in school, that sets them up for um, the American or the criminal justice system. Uh, There's an Mm -hmm. overrepresentation of uh, African American children being placed in special ed, which she considered to be Mm -hmm. an educational killer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Overcrowded settings in most schools. That would be considered um, you know except for uh private white schools, and she wasn't being inflammatory, just you know kind of stating facts, unqualified teachers mm-hmm. uh and an inconsistency in teachers kind of shipping in and out of schools mm-hmm. that uh, African American kids would attend, uh, an issue of safety, so why wouldn't we bring them home? And then an unavailability of schools.
1: Uh, one point that you mentioned in talking about that was a frustration with, well, I would say a frustration with the system at large. Okay. Uh, if I can give an example here, and I don't think that is specific to African Americans. I think that it is a it is it is just a frustration with the system, uh, not necessarily. A reflection on teaching or a reflection on administration, but that all has to fit within a context that works for uh, for a large groups of large groups, millions of kids uh, here in the Houston area. Just as one example, uh, this week was our testing, our state mandated testing, and we have had. 7,000 kids who were pulled from their school environment because the parents have really objected to the testing for every reason, uh, including anxiety, including uh, the point of the testing being redundant, and the fact that the Parent, the teachers cannot teach to other issues because they're too busy teaching the test. It's how the teachers get their bonuses. It's how the schools get more money to do more things. And uh, it within the Houston school district, that proper Houston proper school district, there are two hundred thousand, two hundred and ten thousand kids. So we read. So you immediately sense the idea that there's not a lot of time for individualism in terms of meeting the needs, which is a huge benefit of homeschooling. But when you've got 7,000 kids that come out of schools in one week to say, this is not right, you cannot tell me that someone isn't curious about homeschooling. And I think that that is barring race. That is a systemic issue. That leads people to research what is this homeschooling "quote unquote" thing all about. Uh, so that's one place that I saw that conversation going. Uh, just as an example, okay. Uh, I will say I will say that my experience personally has not been that I've seen a number of people be pulled from the school districts because of racist or racism issues. However, where I can immediately resonate with that with her comment is, of course, the history that we are all traditionally taught, which, as Kendra mentioned and I said before, we learn Harriet Tubman, we learn Martin Luther King, we learn George Washington Carver, and maybe, just maybe, Booker T. Washington. Other than that, we are generally taught Western European history in coming to America. Uh, not only do we not learn our history as African Americans or people of African descent, we also don't learn much about people of Latino descent. We learn very little about Native Americans once we get past the point that they were here before we all were. And it's only been recently that we didn't talk about Columbus's discovering America. So uh, I I think that there is room there and where I chose to go with the curriculum. One of the reasons I went that direction is because I I wanted our kids to know who they are as African-Americans But I also wanted them to understand who they are in the context of American history and how much we all contribute to the making of this great nation uh, beyond race, just as people. So let's get past Harriet Tubman and let's get past Martin Luther King and let's get past uh, George Washington Carver. And let's also talk about Mary McLeod Bethune, who saved money perhaps just as a maid and and doing little errands and sewing and that sort of thing. And eventually began a teaching environment that over time became Bethune-Cookman College in Daytona Beach. Or let's talk about Charles Drew whose work with plasma and plasma donations is one of the critical reasons that we now have blood donation centers. Let's talk about people like Benjamin Banneker, uh, a free man who was born during the time of slavery, but not born as a slave, his Father, I believe, was a former slave, but who did so much work with science and with almanacs and with uh, and and with inventions. And let's learn past those three people that we are a critical part of this nation's progress. Uh, then let's also talk about us in the context of being American, because it's not just African American history. What I present in the curriculum is a an American history that features the presence of African Americans. So I talk about all of those people and more, but I also talk about Cesar Chavez. As an example, he's one of uh, great heroes that have been that has been pulled from at least our Texas curriculum. I think that's a shame uh, because of the work that he did with migrant farmers. You all are out in Modesto. And so I know you know a little bit about that. Uh, Let's also talk about Native Americans. Let's talk about the Trail of Tears. Let's talk about the Navajo Code Talkers who were so critical to World War II and to our success during that time. Uh, Let's talk about the coolies who were such an an integral part of what we did with the railroads and with uniting those from the Pacific uh, as well as from the Atlantic. And so when you begin to pull all of those stories together, it is a very different version of American history than we are traditionally taught. But for sure, as an African-American, I wanted our kids to understand that we were there. We were there almost in the beginning. Uh, and our story is a story that is worth telling. Uh, another thing I want to speak to is to really challenge the idea, uh, Kendra and Fletch, that starting at slavery is A uh, unempowering or disempowering place to begin our history, though I realize that most curricula do. Uh, In A Blessed Heritage Products, I allude to the works of a Dr. Ivan Sertima as an example, who talked about the fact that because of the nomadic tendencies of uh, some of the sailors uh, that you see, particularly in Central and South America, the monuments, the statues that have the African features. And so from there, we were probably, though it's not well documented, here long before we are recorded as coming. Uh, and I I allude to books that point out some of this information and also send kids to, even at young ages, picture books that talk about the contributions of Africans as they came into America from the foods to the traditions and all of the things that became a part of American history. I allude to 1619, which was the first recorded opportunity of people of African descent entering North America, the United States, that is, I'm sorry. And then, of course, 1620, when we began to talk about the slave trade, I have to say that Regardless of where you begin, the story of African Americans in this country is one of resilience. It's one of perseverance. It is one of succeeding against incredible odds. It is one of determination. uh, And you cannot tell it well without including the plan of the God of the Bible. uh, Whether you're talking about the liberation of our people, or in some cases, the misinterpretation and the misuse of the Bible in order to continue the the practice of slavery. But whether, wherever you start that story is such a tremendous story and it's so full of promise and it's so full of hope and it's so full of pride that there really isn't a bad place to start uh, even if you start it in 1620 uh with people being transported here uh, as slaves one of the stories as an example that we cover is a Ola- Equiano, uh, the kidnapped prince if you're familiar with that book at all and we talk about who he was in Africa but we also talk about the horrors and the uh, the the suffering that he had to go through when he came through the Americas uh, Central and North America uh, but again, His story is one of triumph, and so there's not a bad place to tell our story. There is just the telling of our story and the understanding that God, who is all-powerful, all-promising, all-knowing, who had a plan from the beginning of time, was in control of it all and is in control of it now.
0: This is a fascinating conversation, and we need to take a quick break, and we'll come right back and pick up where we left off. Hey, just wanted to remind you that Homeschooling in Real Life is sponsored in part by Caroline's Coffee Roasters out of Grass Valley, California. Now, we've talked about them before. Tonight, I'm drinking a nice cup of organic Santa Rosa Honduran coffee. It's, again, like a medium-bodied, light-roasted coffee. If you're a coffee drinker and you're like me, and you like a nice, light-to-medium roast that's loaded with caffeine, which is what I need to podcast uh, deep into the middle of the night here uh, to get the homeschooling in real life podcast out. Uh, I would recommend that you try a bag of this organic Santa Rosa Honduran. great coffee. Um, You know, sometimes you drink coffee and you'll see people talking about bouquets or flavors and you go, you know what, it smells and tastes like coffees. Really, you can pick up the fruits in this bean. This is another great coffee. Please do me a favor and show some support for our sponsors. Uh, They have been generous to support us with coffee every week and we'd love to throw some business their way. Here's where it gets good. Don't forget, you get 10% off every purchase If you use the code HIRL, that is just for our listeners. No one else gets to use that. So use that code, get some coffee, try some coffee, and then let me know what you think about it. Thanks so much for supporting our sponsors. We were on the phone with homeschooling mom, Belinda Bullard, and the founder and creator of the Blessed Heritage History Curriculum. And before we went to break, we were talking about expanding the knowledge and the teaching for our children. And again, it doesn't matter if you're in an African-American home or in a uh, home of whatever color of the rainbow, that we're going to try and give our kids a bigger picture, and she'd shared some examples of, you know, out here in California, uh, we can't get away from talking about Cesar Chavez. <laughs> he is part of the fabric of the Central Valley and the, the what is it called, the food basket of...
2: Yeah, um, well, I mean, and in fact, the junior high just down the street is Cesar Chavez. Yes, yeah,
0: so we... High. <laughs> you know it's, it's right in front of us, but yeah. let's move beyond uh, just thinking history includes uh, Rosa Parks mm-hmm. or Martin Luther Bang. King or whoever that is uh, that we like to pick out in American history and say, no, that was a famous black American kids. And then let's turn our books and just continue on down the path that there is a true rich heritage there. Yeah. And so Belinda, let us ask you, um, how did, when you were faced with that, you decided to change it and make some curriculum. So can you tell us a little bit about that process?
1: Well, when we began homeschooling, I knew what I wanted to do with a history curriculum. Again, I wanted to be sure that our kids understood who they were, not just as African Americans, but also who they were in the context of being an American and to understand that we are a a rich and impactful and integral part of making this great nation, but also that it is a great nation. And there are other people that you never see in history curriculum as well. And so when I began shopping, I remember going to a local store and the owner of the store walked me around And she showed me this tiny little shelf that she had over in the corner. And it looked kind of like when you go to uh, a Walmart or Walgreens or someplace and and you have that tiny little section that says ethnic hair care. And every single product (laughs) they have for someone who is non-white is sitting right there in that little section. And this was her little ethnic section, so to speak. And I think there were about two shelves and eight products. And so uh, we began to talk about that. And she said to me at the time, now, mind you, I hadn't begun homeschooling. I was shopping. She says to me, this could be your contribution. You could write a curriculum. And I listened but of course when you're just trying to still figure out can you really do this you don't think in terms of writing things for the masses you're just trying to make sure you still remember how to get two plus two and does it still equal four so (laughs) when I got home I thought more about it, thought more about it. And I had a couple of other people come into my life. And scripture tells us that the Lord will uh, confirm his word with two or three witnesses. And so uh, as people began to talk about it, I would share what this local store owner and I uh, conversed about. And So I'm letting this marinate and I start going through the work that I had and realized that I was having to put quite a bit of legwork onto the curriculum that I was using. It occurred to me that every single African-American mother or father who wants to teach their children history in this way is having to do the same legwork. And there's a point when you say, well, why not me? And I realized that this was an assignment. It became something that I considered more than just, oh, yeah, I'm probably the only black person she's ever met. She wants me to write a curriculum, <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Uh, when it became a, a sealed and done deal for me. Uh, the ways that that was confirmed were pretty incredible. And so I began to just put pen to paper. And then on top of that, uh, once we got going, we did a second round, of course, as they got a little older, uh, more research was put into developing the middle school curriculum. So I started with a very simple vision I wanted to teach our elementary-aged children who they were, and that has expanded. I am currently writing a high school curriculum. We have all of our products that are available right now on our website. It's www.blessedheritage.com. And we just continue to stay excited about it, continue to stay excited about what the Lord is uh, giving us to do, and uh, continue to stay excited about growing as a family uh, in this education and in this way.
2: Belinda, I love what you're sharing with us, uh, and it makes me realize that I need to go back and do history differently (laughs) with my kids. Give them a broader view. Um, And so I'm wondering, what has been the response for you to this curriculum you've written?
1: We've had an awesome response. Uh, We have had generally people write, and of course they have questions, as they would of any curriculum developer. Uh, One of the biggest questions is, is this an actual history curriculum? Uh, can I use it instead of whatever I'm using now? Can I use it with whatever I'm using now? And all of that is available to them. Uh, each volume of our history is a year's history curriculum in and of itself, but I have a number of people who will, uh, because of the featuring of the African American presence, they might use uh, Tapestry of Grace as an example, as one example, but they also use a blessed heritage in order to make sure they're getting uh, the fuller scope. I get a number of thank yous because, again, we are all Going through the same amount of legwork, uh, we all have to, if you're going to teach a different version of history than what we've all traditionally been taught, if you've gone through the public school system or even a private school system, uh, you're going to have to hit the internet to find some stories. And so when you can say, hey, this is out here, and not only will you learn about these three or four people, but you can also learn about Phyllis Wheatley, uh, who was the first African-American poet to be published, and you can also uh, read some of the works of Langston Hughes, or you can read uh, information about Jan Maxliger, who was the shoe leather tanning uh, inventor. Or you can read about the real McCoy and how that saying became true and how it, be- how it became famous rather, not true, but how it became famous. Uh, when you cannot read those stories without having to go out and determine for yourself, well, who's important? Who's not important? Who's here? Who's not here? Uh, how might I go about finding this information? Where do I even began to look when it's all right there it's a convenience for everybody
2: that's fantastic boy some of the things you mentioned along the way here today um the navajo code talkers or you know we mentioned she's caesar chavez i i will hear these things or the harlem renaissance you know I hear these things uh, as we go along in life and i think how come i've never heard of this before and you know i i had a, a traditional k through 12 Education in the public schools. I went to a private university. There are so many aspects of history that impact our society today that I never heard. Um, And so I'm really thankful for people like you who are are pulling some of those stories out and saying, hey, this is part of our, our history. This is part of our heritage.
1: I've enjoyed doing it because guess what? I didn't hear those stories either coming up through school. Uh, Even in our home, we were not necessarily taught. We were taught probably more African-American history than some, but we weren't taught the stories that I've been able to pull together. So I've learned. I've been my first student. (laughs) And that's been fun for me. And just understanding uh, how that all comes together and why it's important to know that it all comes together. I talk a lot about, Raising world leaders and world changers, and Kendra, you in a conversation we've had offline said something that has resonated with me for a, a week or so now. You said, "If if you if you aren't aware that there's a problem, at least this is the way I heard you say it. If you aren't aware that there's a problem, then you cannot be part of the solution." Right. So there's an education out there that we are missing and if we don't realize the issues and if we don't understand the stories from someone's perspective who doesn't sound like walk like talk like us then we are handicapped in our ability to relate to their perspective and to understand where they're coming from if that makes sense. Uh, and so I believe very much in trying to present history from a different perspective than we've traditionally been taught. I also believe in trying to present history from a different perspective than, uh, than, our, than we have been taught. I don't want the kids to only know uh famous black people. I want them to also know, again, and we keep bringing up Cesar Chavez, uh, but I want them to know other people that are important, other eras that are important, why uh, these uh as another example, immigration and we we know how we got here, how many of us got here. But what do we know about Ellis Island and do we understand why that was important? And do we understand uh that history, which is more Eastern European, but it's a story that you don't always get, again. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's not presented from that traditional Western European perspective. So let's uh, let's expand our knowledge base so that we are at least exposed to something that doesn't look like, sound like, come from the same vein as we may be used to. That was the goal, and that's what we continue to do uh, with the Blessed Heritage products.
0: Well, let me ask a comparison question, and that's... Um in the homeschooling world, do you find that, um, uh, is it your opinion that African-American families have equal footing in the homeschool environment? Other than what we just talked about, there seemed to be a lack of curriculum.
1: I think that the footing is fair from the perspective that the operative word in homeschool is home. And I think that whatever Whatever you decide is education for your family, uh, the way that you are growing your family uh, as a believer, I say with God's help and guidance, uh, but even if you are not a Christian, however you set out to develop your family and nurture your children, uh, you decide what is education for them. Uh, we could argue the issue of whether or not homeschool groups are inclusive and i would say some yes and some no and that's not always as easy as saying uh we don't want you here sometimes it's a subtle thing but i think in life there are subtleties that are the same way so i would i would definitely say that when uh, when people regardless of color or race decide to Come home. Decide that someone's going to make that sacrifice to home educate their children. You are on as equal footing as you want to stand on. Uh, whether or whether you take advantage of those opportunities uh, is up to you. It is strictly up to you because again, the operative word in homeschool is home, and you decide what you're going to use and what you, what part you want to be in terms of the homeschooling community uh, and in terms of just educating your children. I, I don't see a discrepancy there. What I will say uh, for African-Americans, sometimes when people come home and particularly when they're in areas where there are not a lot of of either homeschoolers in the population or maybe not a lot of African-Americans, period, uh, that isolation can be very real. But there are national organizations and uh, great online communities uh, that are for parents of color. And they have been excellent at helping those people who feel isolated not feel as left out. Uh and then you also have even online uh African American Homeschool Moms, which is a Facebook group. Uh, but they are an awesome community of ladies who really are uh in it to win it, so to speak, uh, very excited about opportunities for their kids, very sharing, very caring, very nurturing. Uh, There are other groups, uh, the African-American Homeschool Network, uh, there are Yahoo Loops, there are, uh, again, other Facebook groups, uh, so that you're not totally alone when you decide to do this. So, Belinda, thanks so much for joining
2: us today. Um, We just feel like we have been educated and really appreciate you sharing about Blessed Heritage.
1: Thank you so much, Kendra and Fletch, for uh, having me and for allowing me to talk about uh, the company and allowing me to just talk about our own uh, journey in homeschooling. I really do appreciate that.
0: All right, Kenj. First, thanks to Belinda for taking the time to be on the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. And we would really encourage you, if you're a listener who's interested, to reach out to her or to see the curriculum that she's put together or to continue this conversation further with us to just let us know. Uh, how we can connect you or push you further into this discussion.
2: We have one more thing we want to share with you. Uh, we're not sure how many of our listeners have hopped on the Periscope bandwagon yet, but Periscope is a new social media platform that is put out by Twitter. It's actually not really social media. It's it's a live broadcasting app is what it is. So if you are at all interested, we are live broadcasting. Uh, we did our first one this weekend just for fun and to kind of try it out. Um, so if you're you're over on periscope find us at homeschool irl
0: yeah it's the same as our twitter account and that's the same for you if you're jumping onto it we're at homeschool irl and we had some fun we were at a california mission we did cool
2: we did and i'll be periscoping as well from my own account which is at kendra e fletcher
0: and if you want to see absolute nonsense you can follow my twitter account which is at the mango times um and you know we're just gonna uh, You can expect chaos from me. You know, burnt (laughs) cars, uh, (laughs) things like that. Um, You know, so that's a new platform. What we want to do is we want to do a uh, studio tour. Our friend John Wilkerson from the Wired Homeschool did a tour of his uh, studio setup, which is kind of more for the techies, you know, more for guys like me that want to see the equipment he's using and and how he puts it together. But we want to give you a live snapshot into our studio so you can see. Uh, just how makeshift this looks. <laughs> uh, we're not doing <laughs> the tonight. big gold we're not, cup yeah. and
2: the... Yeah,
0: a big hot cup of coffee and, and mm-hmm. things like that. So we're not doing that tonight, uh, but we will do that in the next week when we have a chance to sit down and get the camera rolling. We'll show you what it looks like to record live at Homeschooling in real life. Now, in the meantime, uh, if you want to reach us, uh, it's all the same way as you know. So first is uh, on facebook.com slash homeschooling IRL.
2: Twitter, at HomeschoolIRL.
0: You can email us, uh, info at com, And we want to hear from you. You know, one of the best ways we always tell you to do this, and if you haven't done this yet, you need to put down the podcast and go to iTunes and leave a review. Uh, you can click stars or you can write some words. But the people who write words to us at iTunes, it's not just for Fletch and Kendra to see. It's for all of our listeners and potential listeners to see. And that's why you need to do it. Kendra, how many homeschoolers are there out there?
2: There are, oh, I think the last estimate I read was 1.7 million.
0: 1.7 million homeschoolers. And I know we reach several thousand of them, you know, with our podcast. But we would like to be the podcast people go to for real-life homeschooling. I mean, we're talking about the real junk here. We're talking about uh, African-American homeschooling who still feel racism Daily, mm-hmm. That's not something we talk about every day in homeschooling. We like to talk about curriculum. We like to talk about, oh my gosh, we like to talk about the Duggars all day long on Facebook and social media. <laughs> Don't but we're going to talk about the real issues here. And that is a real issue, but we're not talking about it tonight. Yeah, But you know what? We need people to find out about this. Um, we get no kickback. We get no money. We get no promotion. We get I get nothing out of this. But we get to give to more homeschoolers if you help us out. So just, just run over there and do that for us. That would be great. Um, you know what else, Kendra, before we wrap up the show, um, we want to thank a couple of our sponsors. Uh, one of our main ones is Caroline's coffee, and that's something you can do as well. Just head on over there. Use our, our code H I R L get 10% off your order. You have to try this coffee. It's great. If you like whole bean coffee that you grind in your own house, or if you want them to grind it for you, uh, Caroline's Coffee, they, they roast it fresh. They're right up the road from us in Northern California. It's fantastic coffee. All right, so, Kendra, upcoming shows. Next week is a Homeschooling in Real Life to Go, which means short and sweet and Short fun.
2: and sweet, and we really don't even know that topic yet. Hey, throw something out to us. If something's pressing and you think, gosh, I would. I wonder what they think about this, or I wonder how if they can help me with this, throw it out there. That's actually how we did our last to-go episode. People asked us about sibling relationships, so that's what we did.
0: Yeah, and I want to just that's what I wanted to just make a quick point here before you were saying that was that we in the last week our email and our Facebook has been off the hook. We had at least five show recommendations. Yeah. And we, you know, we we're kind of building a new protocol that we want to meet people before we put them on the show. Mm-hmm. So, we're actually setting up some interviews where we're going to talk to people and see whether they have anything that's worthwhile. But I mean, people are asking us about um Coming out of homeschool bondage, mm-hmm. they're asking us about prepping for college. We had a young man reach us, uh, reach out to us about that. Um, so we have some brand new topics coming up for you. But if you have one, let us know for next week. But in two weeks, killer show. Yeah, we're just going to put the ball in the tee and let you know. Mommy wars pinterest wars um (laughs) what the other people are doing how we need to compare ourselves and be better and
2: And how women struggle to find common ground and have friendships so this is an interview with angie tolpin and she'll be talking with us about the quiet fight between women
0: oh it's gonna be a good one it's gonna hit us right between the eyes Mm. um thank you so much for listening to this episode we'd love to hear from you kendra do you have anything to say in passing
2: yes pray for our son thanks thanks The Homeschooling IRL podcast is a part of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Every show is written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. For more information on this podcast or to contact your hosts, please visit us on our website and blog at homeschoolingirl.com.